Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. Fear is a powerful emotion. And we're going to see in our text this morning just how powerful fear can be. Turn with me in your Bibles, Old Testament passage to the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers chapter number 14. When you dare say amen. I want to break no my intentions was for you to just hear verse number nine but one of the problems we make is that people are familiar with the passage and so for your hearing then I want to begin at verse number one And then I want to read down to verse number nine. Because I don't want to assume that you know what's happening here. Is that all right? Today I'm going to read it from the ESV, ERV version. That is the easy to read version. And listen to what the word of God says. We're breaking right into an incident that began In chapter number 13, verse 14, verse 1 begins with these words. That night, all of the people in the camp began shouting loudly. Verse 2 says, the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron. And all the people came together and said to Moses and Aaron, we should have died in Egypt or in the desert. Did the Lord... Verse 3, bring us to this new land to be killed in war. The enemy, somebody say the enemy. The enemy. The enemy will kill us and take our wives and children. Listen to this phrase. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Did y'all hear that? Verse 4 says, then the people said to each other, let's let's choose another leader (laughs) and go back to Egypt. Can I put a pregnant pause here? Because I want you to see that fear will make you choose what you never selected. (laughs) I got to keep reading. Verse 5, verse 5. You do know that they had no choice in choosing Moses. God sent Moses to be their deliverer. It was God who selected Moses to go and be their representative before Pharaoh. The people, somebody say the people, they didn't choose Moses. But here it is now, they're telling Moses, we're going to get us somebody else. (laughs) Fear will make you choose what you never selected. But listen to verse 5. Moses and Aaron bowed low to the ground. Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. 
in front of all of the people gathered there. They Notice now, Moses and Aaron didn't say one word. They bowed down. That's, that's, a, that's a whole sermon right there. Verse 6 says, Joshua and Caleb became very upset. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were two of the men who explored the land. These men said to all of the Israelites gathered there, the land that we saw is very good. It is a land filled with many good things. Somebody holler, good things. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. And he will give us, give that land to us. Verse 9 says, so here's where I want to, here's where I want to hang my hat. So don't turn against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people in that land. We can defeat them. They have no protection, nothing to keep them safe. Somebody holler, but. No, no, no. No, you got to read it. You got to read it with emphasis because this starts a sentence, doesn't end one. Somebody say, but. But, but we have the Lord with us. So don't be afraid. Would you touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, Pastor Hubbard's going to talk about the Lord. The Lord is with us. Amen, amen. The Lord. The Lord is. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. Let me read number nine again for emphasis. So don't turn against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people in that land. We can defeat them. They have no protection. Nothing to keep them safe. But we have the Lord with us. So don't be afraid. Father, bless these next few moments in Jesus' name. My brothers and sisters, fear is a powerful emotion. It's a powerful emotion. Fear is a powerful emotion because it has the capacity to either propel you or paralyze you. My brothers and sisters, fear is so powerful until it will cause it will cause a man to abandon his pregnant girlfriend. Fear is powerful. Fear is such a powerful emotion until it has caused marriages to be separated. It has caused nations to be at war with one another. Fear is powerful. Fear is so powerful until it'll have your heart racing. 
and your palms sweaty. Webster says that one of the reasons that we fear is because we have come to the belief that someone or something wants to do us harm. Webster says that the reason that we fear is because we deem someone or something an imminent threat to our personal security. Fear is the belief, my brothers and sisters, that worry is on the horizon. It is the idea that someone or something is going to cause us pain. Are y'all listening to me? And when we are fearful, our fear turns to worry. And our worry turns to anxiety. And when we are afraid, we either fight or take flight. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the tension in the text. In our text, the children of Israel are in the midst of a flight or fight crisis. God in his infinite wisdom and power, has been so magnificent to them until he has brought them out of so many dangers. And here it is, they're standing before another opportunity and instead of trusting in God, they want to take flight from God. I said fear is a powerful emotion. Fear is so powerful until it a have your heart palpitating. And then I have your palms sweating. Have you ever been there? Have you ever faced something so fearful until it affected you physically? Have you ever been sitting before the doctor? And before he issues and explains to you what he's found, your blood pressure has already shot high. That he hasn't said one word, haven't taken one x-ray, haven't revealed one assessment of your situation, and yet physically something's going on on the inside. That your heart is palpitating and your palms are sweating. Fear is a powerful emotion. I know some students in here, have you ever been sitting at the desk ready to take a test that you thought you were prepared for? (laughs) And you knew that this test had the potential to change your destiny? And here it is, you sit behind that desk with your number two pencil. Shaken because the outcome has 
a tremendous effect. Fear is a powerful emotion. And when we are faced with fearful situations, we either will fight or we will flight. We will stay or we will run. And here it is. The children of Israel are, have tied their shoes up real tight. Because they're ready to run back to what they came from. And my brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm talking to, but that's what fear will do to you. Fear will cause you to go back from what God has delivered you from. Fear will make you go back to a bad relationship. Fear will make you get back into debt. Lord, have mercy. Fear will make you want long for that job that they fired you from. I said fear is a powerful emotion. At least I hold you too long. I want to give you three things that I see in this text. That's all I got time for. Because this text is choked with powerful instructions. But the first thing I want to see, and it's found right here in verse number nine, that's because that's where I want to hang my hat, and that is Joshua stands up and becomes the spokesperson for the nation. And the first thing Joshua does is he gives them, he gives this fearful nation a helpful admonition. He says, don't don't turn against the Lord. These are powerful words, my brothers and sisters. These are powerful words of counsel. These words possess a potent prescription against fear. Don't turn against the Lord. My brothers and sisters, these were the words spoken by Joshua against the whole nation of people who owe their very existence to God. In one sentence, it was Joshua who conveys the fears of an entire nation. In one statement, it was Joshua who spoke against the backdrop of their frustrations. Don't turn against the Lord. I know have said, I know some have said that there are giants in the land. I know some have said that we look like grasshoppers in their sight, but can't you see him? Can't you hear him passionately proclaiming, don't turn against the Lord? This is a powerful admonition. I said in one statement. In one statement, Joshua corrects them. In one statement, Joshua instructs them. In one statement, Joshua warns against turning against the Lord. Y'all not feeling me like I need to. I said, in one tweet, (laughs) in one post, Joshua educates, encourages, and empowers God's people to stay with God. And I want to argue like a prosecuting attorney that any time your fears are running wild, you need someone, you need somebody to stand up and speak 
against your fears. Because, because, because your fears will eclipse your faith. He says, but if the Lord is with us, and if the Lord is with you, I come by to tell you there is no room for fear. Would you just holler that right now? No room. No room for fear. Oh, I look around this room and I see empty spaces, but I cannot tell you there's no room for fear. Because I see faith sitting in every empty chair. I see vision sitting in every empty chair. I see faith that's filling a room. Because with God, there is no room for fear. These words Joshua spoke were to remind them of their encounters and their experiences with a mighty God. These words are thrown against the backdrop of their history with God. I said these words are a tangible reminder that God was the reason for their existence. These words are a reminder that God was the one who delivered them from 400 years of bondage and slavery. These words longingly, lovingly called to mind that God was the one who brought them through the Red Sea. These words were to point out that God was the one who provided to them 24-hour security. He put a pillar of cloud, yeah, by day. And then he gave them a pillar of cloud by night. I said God was the one who fed them and gave them water to drink in the wilderness. He says, don't turn against the Lord. This is a powerful statement presented to a frustrated and fearful people. And sometimes in life, my brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded not to turn against the Lord. And I know that life can be challenging. And I know life can be downright hard sometimes. But life is not about being easy. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody there. I say life is not about being easy. Can I get at least one witness here? Life is always challenging. Life always presents us challenges. Life will always place roadblocks in front of life's rewards. But life is not about being easy. Somebody ought to be able to testify. It's about pushing through. It's about pushing through the challenges. It's about going and above the hurt and the harm. How else will we grow into our blessings? How else will we develop in our discipleship? How else will we rise to the occasion? How else will we mature in our faith? Because life is not about comfort, but it's about challenge. It's about an effortless. Not about effortless, but it's about effortfulness. That's a new word, y'all. That's a new word. That, say, that just simply means that, that the challenges, the problem, and the perplexities of life going to require some effort. Somebody said, our greatest challenge are no more than doorways into our highest potential. Did y'all hear me? He said, they're just doorways. Just doorways, y'all. Just doorways, doorways, doorways. Somebody say doorways. Doorways into our highest potential. Can't you hear? Don't turn against the Lord. Don't turn against the Lord when life's challenges are bigger than you. The Bible says that the people of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, God's representatives. 
They told God's leaders, we should have died in Egypt or in the desert. Can I pause right there? If God wanted them to die in Egypt or in the desert, do you not think that God could have killed them in Egypt or in the desert? But listen to them. They say they, they said they said to God's representative, did the Lord bring us to this new land to be killed in war? The enemy will kill us. Take our wives and children. My brothers and sisters, that's fear talking. They said it would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Don't turn against the Lord. That's the word for today. Don't turn against the Lord, my brothers and sisters, because we need a powerful admonition when our words betray our faith. We need a potent prescription when uh, our speech uncovers our lack of commitment. I said we need a powerful admonition when our words have been tainted with fear. Because fear will make you speak words without substance. Fear will make you declare words without dedication. Fear will make you communicate words without conviction. Are y'all listening to me? Fear will make you express words without example. But oh, but when you put your trust in God, Faith will put substance in your words. Faith will put dedication in your steps. Faith will make you wake up in the morning and go to work. Faith will give power to your conviction, visibility to your words, and witness to your lifestyle. Faith faith will give you that spirit of Caleb, and you'll testify we can conquer. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I said we can overcome. We can win. Did we not just hear somebody testify that we can win? Did you not hear him saying that the enemy can do all of this stuff, but we can win? Somebody holler, we can win. We can win. We can overcome. Because when you know the Lord, and when you know the Lord is with you, you'll join the ranks of Joshua and Caleb who believe that with God you can defeat anything. You can overcome anyone. The word of admonition is don't turn turn. against the Lord. But can I add something else to the gumbo? You know, gumbo always better when you add something else to it. Verse 4, verse 4 tells us something about fear. In verse uh, verse 3, they declare it would be better for us to go back to Egypt. But I come by to tell somebody fear will cause you to consider turning back when you should be going forward. I said fear will make you want to go back when you should be going forward. Fear will make you forget about your blessings and long for your burdens. Fear will make you make you emotional, I'm telling you. Do, are y'all listening to me? Fear will make you emotional. Fear will make you forget about the evidence that has been presented before you. The Bible says that the spies who were sent into the land brought back some good groceries. They brought back evidence that God had given them a good land. They brought back evidence that there was plenty in the land. They brought back evidence that there were houses that they didn't build. Lord, have mercy. He brought back evidence that there were vineyards that they did not plant. Yeah, here it is. They back here talking about, we should have been back and went back to Egypt. At least in Egypt, we had some onions. Y'all ain't hearing me some onions. At least back in Egypt, and here it is. God's got plenty in front of them, but they longing 
for what's behind us. Fear will make you forget about the blessings. Long for the burdens. Fear will make you emotional. You know, I discovered something. Fear for people will make you complain. Fear for people will make other people's lives miserable. Fear for people become bitter. Fear for people blame other people for their predicament. Y'all ain't gonna help me today. Uh, but I come by to tell somebody, don't let your past get in the way of your future. Did y'all hear me? I said, don't let your past get in the way of your future. Joshua told the people, the land that we saw is very good. The land that we saw is a land filled with many good things. The land that we saw, God will give it to us. I'm about to shout my own self out. <laughs> because I've discovered that admonishment was necessary because your fears will block your blessings. Your fears will get in the way of your future. You see, that's why we got to monitor the company that we keep. I wish I had some help here. Everybody can't be in your, fr- be in your concentric circles. Everybody can't be your friend. Everybody can't be in your circle of relationships. Everybody can't be on your executive team. It was Mark Twain who said, don't walk away from, ne- don't walk away from negative people. He said, run. I got to say that one more time. He said, don't walk away from negative people. Run. Look at your neighbor and say, run. Because I've discovered that negative people will steal your joy. Negative people will ruin your happiness. Negative people will block your blessings. Negative people will bring tears to your eyes. Negative people will cause you to become angry and upset. Negative people will disturb your peace and sabotage your success. You ought to touch somebody and tell them, watch out for negative people. Oh, you got to watch out for negative people. You, you got to watch out for negative people. You, you can't give time and energy to negative folk. Can I get a witness here? The text teaches us that negative people cannot think about God's blessings in front of them because they cannot let go of the burdens behind them. That was somebody. The people could not receive the good that God had prepared for them. The Bible says that it would be better, they said it would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Did y'all hear it? We're going to get a busload. And we're all going back to Egypt. We're going to hitch up our donkeys. Get our chariots. Put your children on your shoulders. And we're going to take them back from where we just come from. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But don't go back to Egypt. I don't know who I'm talking to, but don't go back to Egypt. After all that God has done for you, don't you go back to Egypt. After God has rescued you, don't you go back to Egypt. Don't go back when God has set you free. Don't turn your back on God and go back to your person. Can I tell y'all what I need? I need some positive people around me. I'm trying to tell you, I, I, need some, I need to be around people of faith. 
I need to be in, in the company of people who believe that God can do anything. That God can do exceedingly and abundantly. Above and beyond. What I'm able to ask, think, or imagine. I need some Caleb's and Joshua's who know that God can do it. I need them in my house. I need them on the job. I need them in my concentric circles. Because I've discovered that negative people are everywhere. And you need two positive to confront one negative. Can I get a witness here? Is there anybody in the house who's watching online who believe that God can do anything? Is there anybody who believes that if God did it before, he can do it again? If God sent a blessing to pay your bill the last time, then why are you standing at the mailbox instead of putting 10% in the offering? If God uh, answered the prayers of the saints on your behalf the last time, then why aren't you calling on the name of the Lord for yourself? I said, my brothers and sisters, what we fail to realize about God is what God did in Egypt was to get them to trust him at the Red Sea. And what God did at the Red Sea was to get them to follow him through the wilderness. And what God did in the wilderness was to get them ready to fight for the promised land. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me today. You see, that's why we can't turn against God. We can't turn against God when it's time for us to take on more responsibility. You see, at each stage of our journey, God is making us take on more and more responsibility for our journey. Oh, God could just put food on your table. But I've discovered he wants you to take more responsibility for your journey. That's why you got to get up and go to work in the morning. That's why sometimes you got to go to a job and deal with people you don't like so that you can provide for the needs that you have. Y'all not going to help me. We need another, I said we need, when we need another way made, when we need another problem solved, when we need another bill paid, and when we need our bodies healed, we, we may need another mountain move, a burden lifted, a door open, a prayer answer, but here's the good news that God, is with us. Y'all yeah. didn't hear me. I said God is with us. The last time God did it without us. But this time, God's going to do it with us. That's the testimony of the text. God did it for them the last time. But God wants them to partner with him in making it happen. For 400 years, they had cried to the Lord for deliverance, and God sent Moses to deliver them. But now, at the first signs of trouble, they tell Moses and God, it would have been better if we had stayed slaves. And here's why their words are so critical. Slaves can live in the wilderness, but slaves cannot enter the promised land. Lord have mercy. Y'all gonna make me work hard today. I said you can live in the wilderness with a slave mentality, but you cannot go into the promised land with that same mentality. Can I get a witness here? There are some messes that can only be tolerated in a slave quarters and in the wilderness. You see, when we didn't know any better, and when we hadn't grown enough to do any better. However, that same mess is unacceptable in the promised land. Because we've seen better. We know better. And therefore, we ought to act better. Can I get a witness here? 
And I just need to tell somebody that whoever you are, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because the key to your breakthrough is depending on God. Because when you depend on God, you'll step into what God has told you. Lord, have mercy. Because according to the book of Joshua, he told Joshua that you only get the territory you step in. Not the stuff you name and claim. You see, y'all ain't helping me today. You see, we, we, we got a whole lot of folk naming and claiming. But not too many people walking and working. Can I say it again? I said we got a lot of folk naming and claiming. But we don't have a whole lot of folk walking and working. And God told Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Just as I promised Moses. In other words, you cannot secure it until you step into it. And I got to say that one more time. You cannot secure it. Until you step into it. You can't get the job until you fill out the application. You can't get the home until you work on your credit. You can't get the car until you save for the down payment. You can't start the business until you do your research. Until you determine who your audience is. Until you state your mission and raise your finances. You cannot secure it until you step into it. What I love about Joshua is he cares about pleasing God. He loves God, y'all. I'm trying to tell you, he loves God. How do I know? He, 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 he unapologetically is pro-God. So he declares to the Israelites, we cannot get there. That is the promised land. Unless we get up and go there. In other words, you say, we can't take it unless we take a step. We can't possess it until or unless we proceed. He says we will not win until we enter in. Here's my word for the people of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at the doctor's report. Because the question is, whose report will you believe? Don't be afraid of what the banker might say to you. Because the question is, whose report will you believe? Don't be afraid to what your negative friends have said and have to say to you about you. Because the question is, whose report will you believe? And I come by to educate somebody, encourage somebody, empower somebody. Don't be afraid. You can win. You can succeed. You can start your business. You can finish school. You can overcome your addiction. You can achieve. You can open up your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. I said you can do it. You can get that raise. You can obtain that promotion. You can grow in your faith. I said, you can do it. Help me preach this message and tell your neighbor, you can do it. I said, you can do it. Don't be afraid because, ah, 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 you can do it. We see here in the text uh, that he gives them a heavenly assessment. The heavenly assessment is we can defeat them. Joshua gives them a heavenly assessment. This, This was not a natural assessment. This was a view from another set of eyes. This was not a view from an earthly set of eyes. This was a a heavenly evaluation from a heavenly perspective. Can I show you why they didn't have to be afraid? It's right here in the text. Joshua says, number one, we can defeat them. Y'all ain't hearing me. Number two, he says, they have no protection. 
Are y'all listening to me? He says, not only do they not have protection, uh, but there's nothing to keep them safe. That is a heavenly assessment. Uh, It is a heavenly assessment because he does not mention that the people are larger than they are. They know that. He does not mention that these people are taller than they are. They already know that. He does not mention that the city is a fortified city. They already know that. That's a natural assessment. That's a human observation. He gives them, but he gives them a heavenly assessment followed up with a but. Oh, y'all missed that. Joshua says we can defeat them. They have no protection, nothing to keep them safe, but. Oh, y'all don't know when to shout. Y'all, y'all don't know when to shout. Y'all don't know when to. Y'all don't know when to jump up. Y'all don't know when to high five. Y'all don't know when to get up and run around the building. Uh, y'all don't know when to shout because Joshua says we can defeat them. They have no protection, nothing to keep them safe. But oh, y'all missed it again. I said y'all don't know when to shout. Y'all don't know when to make Holy Ghost noise. Joshua says that we can defeat them. They have no protection. Nothing to keep them safe. But he hollers, but because they have a huge advantage. (laughs) And the huge advantage is we have the Lord with us. Oh, y'all missed it again. My brothers and sisters, whenever you see but in the scripture, that's your shout cue. Because it means something is about to change. Someone was lost, but now they are found. Someone was blind, but now they see. Someone was dead, but now they are alive again. But is God's way of introducing his power of intervention. I said, but is God's way of announcing his strength. But it's God's way of proclaiming his saving grace. Oh, a few days ago, y'all, a few days ago, I was watching uh, this movie called The Bear. It's a thrilling and a powerful movie. It was written, uh, it comes from the book. It's uh, inspired by the book called The Grizzly King. And it's a story of a bear cub who finds himself in a scary world, a big old scary world. All by himself because his mother has died. He's a small cub, y'all, in a world much larger than himself. And ever since his mother died, unbeknownst to him, a cougar has been watching him. A cougar has been following him. A cougar has been hunting him, waiting on the opportune time to take the bear cub's life. The bear cub encounters a large Kodiak grizzly bear. This bear, y'all, stood nine feet tall and weighed about 1,700 pounds. And the crazy thing is the the, the baby bear and the the large grizzly uh, formed a relationship. They made a huge bond. The older bear began teaching the younger bear how to survive. The older bear started teaching the younger bear how to fish. (laughs) 
The older bear started teaching the younger bear how to live and navigate this big old scary world. Uh, and everything that the large bear would do, uh, the little bear would emulate it. He would imitate everything he saw the big bear doing. One day, the bear, this little bear cub, found himself separated from his large Kodiak friend. And here it is at this moment, the cougar seizes the opportunity to attack the bear cub. The bear cub starts to run for his little life. He's running. He's going as fast as his little feet will carry him. And the cougar catches up to him and begins pawing and slashing at the little cub. When all of a sudden the little cub uh, stood up on his hind legs and he raised his little bitty paws up in the air and he opened up his mouth and he let out his little roar. And it was at this moment that the camera uh, started to focus in on the cougar's face. And the cougar had a look of terror. The cougar had a look of fright all over his face. The cougar had a look of fear, and the cougar said, I got to get up out of here. And then the camera moves further back. It pulled back to expose that behind the little cub back. Was that big Kodiak back? Standing about nine feet tall. Carrying all of his 1,700 pounds. And when the little bear roared, (laughs) the big bear roared. Then the little bear turned around to discover that I thought I scared him off by myself. (laughs) Only to discover that the big grizzly bear, his friend had been there all alone. I got to leave you now. But may the Lord bless you real good. But we don't have to be afraid because, yes, the Lord is with us. We can win because the Lord is with us. We can overcome because the Lord is on our side. When you stand up, he'll stand up. When you roar, I said he will roar. When you fight, he will fight for you. Look at somebody and tell them, neighbor, you're never alone. I got to leave you right now. I said, I got to leave you, but I heard the songwriter say, I've, 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 I've seen the lightning flash. And I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing. Time to conquer my soul. I heard the voice of Jesus saying, fight, fight, fight on. And he promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, 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 no. Never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Can I tell somebody? The Bible says, I, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. And say to you, do not fear. I will help you. The Bible says the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I said, ain't God all right? I've got to leave you now. May the Lord bless you real good. But if there's anybody who can testify from your own experience that God will stand behind you, that God is our refuge and our strength, that God is our very present help in a time of trouble, can I get a witness here? If he's been your refuge, if he's 
I've been your strength. Let me hear you say yeah. I said, let me hear you say yeah. One thing I do know, and that is God is with you. And because God is our rescue, and God is our strength, the Lord is with us. You ought to touch about three people and tell them the Lord is with you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to connectingfellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you.